Well, the insiders love the intrigue of the Canadian political story, but these days, how can they ignore what's happening south of the border, especially on the night before Super Tuesday? Jamie, Kathleen and David are all at the table tonight, and here's what they've been watching. Just two weeks ago, most observers thought Hillary Clinton was in serious trouble for the Democratic nomination. But in that time, everything has changed, with the latest result being an absolute pasting for challenger Bernie Sanders in South Carolina. What happened? Over on the Republican side, Donald Trump is still considered a bit of a blowhard, but a blowhard with a significant lead. Whenever he gets in trouble, like he seems to do almost every day, he pulls a rabbit out of the hat, like Chris Christie. Texas, I'm here today to proudly say I endorse Donald Trump for President of the United States. Some rabbit, some hat. How did that happen? Let's find out. All right, first of all, all three of you got friends in the States. You talk to them, you hear different things about what's going on. We've seen somewhat similar circumstances in Canada over the years. Nothing like Trump, but somewhat similar on, on a, a number of fronts. Let me deal with the Trump-Christie um, thing, first of all. What do you think happened there that it, it, they got together so fast? I mean, it was only a few days ago that Christie was dumping all over Trump. Now they're pals. Every politician has a time clock and a date stamp, and they know the, the earlier you get your support date stamped, the more important that is for life uh, down the road. And at some point, they make a very calculated decision. It's not going to happen for them, so they're going to move as quickly as they can. They're the first mover advantage, use the business term, to get there first. I think that Christie is nothing if not a shrewd politician. I think he sees an inevitable outcome coming, so he decided to get on. How it happened? Well, they probably have been talking or had had uh, had their staff talking for a long, long time. And they know each other in that particular case. They, they do know each other. Um, you wonder what the payoff is, if there is a payoff on getting that date stamp. Hard to imagine they'd be running mate. I mean, they're both from the same corner of the country, but I guess you Could be know. attorney general, could be something right. else. You know, there's lots of speculation. But I think Jamie's totally right. The idea is you move quickly and you hope that you can curry favor in the future. What's interesting from the Democratic point of view, what they're, everyone's watching for is the endorsement from Elizabeth Warren and when that comes in and whether well, she will... Remind us who she is. Uh, so Senator Elizabeth Warren is a very progressive senator who has rallied against and has known predominantly for her economic policies against uh, Wall Street and the big banks. And so it's thought while she favors many of Bernie Sanders' policies around the banks, she may endorse Hillary. And we'll see what... But it's staying out of it for now, regardless, right? All right. Mm -hmm. uh, David, when you saw the, the Christie move that fast, after he'd actually been in the race and right. criticizing Trump, what did it say to you? Well, I, I definitely agree with uh, with what Kathleen and Jamie said. Uh, but in addition to that, first of all, it's clear that uh, there was some personal animus between him and Rubio, and everybody hates Cruz. So what, what that does is upset the apple cart a little bit because the normal dynamic in these things is that all the also rans hate the front runner, and so generally you find also unless rans the front runner is going to win unless the front runner is unstoppable, and that's right. one of the things that Christie's probably come to the conclusion of. But I don't think he wanted to work with Rubio or Cruz anyway, so it didn't leave him with a lot of choice. When you talk about Cruz in that way that nobody likes him, and that seems to be the case, that would seem to also rule out any possibility of a Rubio-Cruz coalition of any kind to try and stop Trump. 
Well, the biggest problem with a Rubio-Cruz alliance, in addition to the fact that I don't think they like each other, is that they're both at roughly equivalent positions in polling and in the results that are coming out of the state elections. And it's almost impossible to get somebody to move to another person unless it's clear who that person is. The best example we've ever had of that in Canada was Joe Clark and John Crosby not being able to get together to stop Brian Mulroney from winning the PC leadership in 1983. Crosby was behind Clark but had the momentum. Clark was stalled but was ahead of Crosby. Neither one of them could agree on who was the best challenger, and so that deal never happened. That is, uh, I think, the similar phenomenon to what we're seeing with Rubio and Cruz is, why would one of them back away when they're at equivalent strength? And we'll see tomorrow night whether that changes at all in terms of how close they are to each other. Uh, Kathleen, take us to the, the Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders last two weeks, because she really did look like she was in trouble. Now she doesn't look like she's in trouble at all. Mm -hmm. What changed? Well, I mean, these primaries have been marked by the fact that one candidate, Hillary Clinton, was supposed to have a cakewalk and be crowned. The other candidate, Donald Trump, on the Republican side, was supposed to be counted out immediately, but in fact is likely going to be the candidate. So there's been lots of surprising things or destructive things happening in the politics. But I think tomorrow night we're going to see, um, after South Carolina, where Hillary had a decisive win, we're going to see Hillary likely pull ahead. And what she's going to have to do at that point, as of tomorrow, Tuesday, is really turn her guns completely on the presumptive Republican nominee, which is Donald Trump. When you've been watching the Democrats, Jamie, what are you seeing? Well, I see it a little bit differently. I, I always thought Hillary was going to be very strong. I think the way the primaries are stacked with a couple of, of states that are, are anomalous to the rest of the country, very liberal, very white, very progressive, not always her strengths, but not representing the rest of the country. So I think Saunders, who's a, a, a obviously has hit a vein of support, who's a strong orator. I listened to him on Saturday night. You know, he really had a passionate speech mm -hmm. right after being shellacked in South Carolina. And, uh, but I, I always thought Hillary, I mean, after all, she's been president once. Um, <laughs> she, with her support, her institutional support, her support of African-Americans, labor, and so on, I always thought she was going to be pretty tough to beat. David? Um... I don't think she's doing better. I think that, as Jamie said, Sanders, her opponent, just ran into his greatest vulnerabilities and weaknesses. Uh, Southern voters who tend to be more conservative, minority voters who have no attachment uh, to him whatsoever. So what happened to him was always the case. The fact that that was ever close is an indication of how disappointingly weak her mm -hmm. candidacy is. A woman of her capacity has the ability to be a truly transformative person in the presidency. There could be nothing more transformative than putting a woman in the presidency. And, but until she convinces Americans that the campaign's about them, as opposed to about her manifest destiny to be the president, she's going to struggle with a message. And she has not found her voter's voice yet. You know, it was interesting because in these last couple of weeks, she kind of shifted away from the I will do blah, 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 yeah. to we will do, which strikes your point, yeah. mm -hmm. Kathleen. Yeah, I would just say there's another thing that's quite worrying uh, for the Democrats is that the turnout, generally, whether voters, caucus goers, is down about 26%. We can compare 2008 when Obama and Hillary were running the last time to 2016. So that's concerned because and public public opinion polling on interest in the election and enthusiasm for voting is down amongst Democrats and up against Republicans. And while that doesn't directly correlate to turnout, it could. So Hillary is going to if she becomes the nominee, she's going to have to work really hard to get voters excited about her presidency, get them engaged and ensure that Bernie brings his voters and his enthusiasm along. 
Um, give me a sense of what you're going to be looking for over these. The next couple of weeks are kind of critical. Tomorrow, obviously, is a big day, but there are a number of primaries running up to March 15th, which could settle us totally on both both camps. So what are you going to be watching for, Jamie? Well, one of the things I'm going to be watching for is the extent to which Hillary can shake this trust issue. Because in addition to the uh, idea that it was the Clinton manifest destiny to, to return to the White House, she's dogged by issues of trust. And if you think about a matchup between her and Trump, that trust component could actually be more devastating than it would otherwise be if you've got someone running on the kind of issues and the kind of campaign trust is running. So I'm going to see if she can put that behind her. Kathleen. I want to watch for how Democrats are able to peel off Republican moderates, which would be key to them winning, not just winning the White House, but winning it actually potentially by a six to ten point margin. Especially if their own turnout is not doing well. Yeah, so they have to bring over those Republicans, which is possible. Be interesting to see whether her message changes. At some point, sort of moves off of Sanders and on to Trump, right, in a more direct way? Well, yeah. I mean, even in South Carolina on Saturday night, she said, you know, it's not we have to make America great again. America is great. We need to make America whole now. And that was a change in her messaging. David, what are you watching for? I'm watching for, as the Republican race consolidates, is Rubio actually able to gather up all of the Trump anti-Trump voters behind his banner? Uh, Trump has actually himself been fond of saying that everybody else adds up the math of all of his opponents and says, well, if you added them all together, they could beat me. But they're not added all together. Well, it would be interesting to see whether there is a pure Trump vote and then an anti-Trump vote, mm -hmm. or whether, as the field winnows, and only Rubio could conceivably beat him out of the field that exists now, but does all the anti-Trump is it an anti-Trump vote, and does it go to Rubio, or does is Trump now unstoppable? Yeah, that really would be different than almost any other campaign we've seen. If that was the case, That's where right. the whole, all of that vote um, uh, did not go, or some of that vote did not go to Trump? I mean, even in our leadership conventions, where you've got that intimacy and that closeness to the candidate, candidates never deliver all of their support to the person mm -hmm. that they move to on subsequent ballots. So you're right. It, it's almost certain that they'll be bleed to Trump out of Cruz's vote, out of Kasich's vote, all that stuff. And uh, he's likely unstoppable at this point. And the other thing is we're all applying uh, experience to this. And we've never had a candidate like Trump. So all yeah. bets are off. And we'd miss him if he wasn't there. <laughs> you don't have to talk about him. So it's nice watching from this side of the board on that one. All right. Building that wall. Thank you all.